come to our next session of uh, learning to pray from the Lord's Prayer, <clears throat> our summer session on the summer school of prayer. Sorry, I'm a little uh, nervous this morning. We've been using the Lord's Prayer as our model for learning how to pray from Jesus. And uh, just I'll just give you a quick recap. Not everybody's been here for the last eight weeks or so. Jesus taught us to pray by teaching us to address our prayers to our Father, a good Father who sees us and knows us and includes us in his family. We're talking to a Father who is always near us in the heavens. Maddie shared with us in her text that the heart of Jesus was to always glorify his Father, and she challenged us to do the same thing, to, to glorify the Father in all that we do. We learn to trust God and pray for his will to be done, not ours. And then last week's challenge, which was, um, give us this day our daily bread. Another one that Maddie did, and she challenged us to find three things that we could be thankful for each day. Um, I appreciated the reminder to be thankful and realized that I didn't have too much of a problem asking God for what I wanted as well as what I needed. Um, Today's petition that we are looking at is... um, Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's interesting, right? Last week we asked the Father to give us our daily bread and today forgive us our sins. It's a message about sin, forgiveness, my sin, your sin. Um, Honestly, this would not have been my first choice of topic for, for sharing on a Sunday. Um, I enjoyed speaking about our father. It was a kind of an amazing topic to research, but my sins I was just not quite as keen on. <laughs> um, I decided to follow Jesus at Bible camp. I was about eight years old, and, and after I had accepted him into my heart, the overriding desire was to please God, to do what made him, to make, do what made him happy. And I remember looking at older people and at, at, admiring them. Now I was eight, nine, ten, and looking at older people, which is... We know what that's, that is, right? That's my age now. And admiring how they seem to have arrived, how they seem to have, have it made. Their Christian life seemed to be together. And as far as I was concerned, they didn't do anything wrong anymore. There was no more sin in their life. And I couldn't wait until I hit that place. No more doing wrong, no more having to apologize and say I'm sorry, and no more working so hard to do things right to get it right. Well, I have arrived at one of those places, and officially I became an older woman in the church some years ago, and I know that because that was how I was described to to Terry when somebody was looking for me, and she told me about it, and we both had a laugh. (laughs) But, But I haven't made it to the other place yet. I haven't made it to that perfect Christian place that, that I so long admired. Uh, Paul wrote in the book of, of Romans, I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for what I want to do is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, and I can still so identify with that. I still sometimes speak without enough thought or care for those to whom I am speaking. I still judge others before knowing the whole story. Still struggle with loving that cranky neighbor we have criticize instead of comfort, and feel resentful when life demands that I be more generous than I really want to be. 
somewhat disappointing to me because I thought that things would be easier as I got older, but I'm finding that I am still in need of forgiveness. But you know what is still true, though, is just as he forgave me years ago when I first confessed my sin to him and following him, he still forgives me now. That has, um, that has never changed. So many of you have been following this series of messages on learning how to pray from Jesus. So how did you feel about today's message, knowing last week that forgive us our sin follows, you know, give us this day our daily bread? Or maybe you saw the, uh, the title in the bulletin. Do you wonder if God still forgives you? Or is there at some point that he doesn't forgive you anymore? Does asking for forgiveness bring on feelings of guilt or perhaps anxiousness or condemnation? Maybe it's the opposite. You know, the thought of of forgiveness fills you with hope and relief. How does Jesus respond to the sin in our life? Initially, my own reactions weren't very positive when I realized that I would be studying and sharing what Jesus has taught us about asking the Father to forgive our sin. I felt somewhat annoyed because I knew that when we first choose to follow Christ, it's through confession and forgiveness of sin, so why do I still need to pray for forgiveness? And secondly, that I would have to talk to people about sin, perhaps mine or theirs, and and the thought was not, not that comforting. Uh, Let's notice a few things before we get into the verse. When we say forgive us our sins or debts, there's a presumption here that we have sinned or owe debts and are in need of forgiveness simply because Jesus includes it in the prayer. Secondly, notice the the progression. We have to first ask for forgiveness before we forgive someone else for sinning. This is a really difficult part of the Lord's Prayer to pray. It's the boldest of prayers. We come to God, our Father, the Creator, the Judge of the universe, and we say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's also the longest and most involved petition of the Lord's Prayer. We are asking God for something, forgive us our sins, and then we're promising God that we will do something, forgive other people's offenses against us. It's also the only part of the prayer that Jesus has a a, a further comment for. And he says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So today we're looking at just the first part of this verse um, in Matthew 6.12, and forgive us our sins. Different Christian traditions... um, have different translations of this verse. Some say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Some use the word trespasses, forgive us our trespasses. And our text in Matthew says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So whether you use the word sins, debts, or trespasses, they all describe the same thing. And that's something that comes between us and God. Most of us are familiar with the word debt, And I would like to add, unfortunately, familiar with the word debt. The word that is translated in Matthew has a variety of meanings, but the idea is always the same. It means to owe someone, typically money, and you have a duty or an obligation to pay it back. It's also a word that comes from the commercial world and refers to a financial debt. Interesting enough, though, the word forgive also comes from the commercial world and not the religious world, 
It means to cancel or wipe the slate clean. So we could read our text as, Father, forgive us our debts or cancel our debts as we also cancel the debts of others. Here's that sin part that I was referring to. So what is this debt or sin that we are asking forgiveness for? What debts do we need canceled? We are in debt to God. We owe him for all the times that we have failed to obey him, that we have failed to follow him. And this debt that we owe can become huge really quickly. Where do we start with the debt? We could start simply with the Ten Commandments, which we're all probably quite familiar with. Have no other gods before me. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. How about keep the Sabbath day holy? Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. No stealing. Don't lie. This is a tough one. Don't covet anything that belongs to your neighbor or want what's not yours. A lot of us are guilty on a lot of these, aren't we? Let's read what Jesus calls us to on his Sermon on the Mount. He says, you're familiar with the command, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is the message translation. You have heard the commandments that say you must not commit adultery, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Paul writes further in sins, about sins in Colossians. He says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. Every failure to live up to these kingdom obligations increases our debts. What a huge debt we owe. An early church father who lived in A.D. 185 to 254 summed up the threefold nature of the debt that we owe. First, the debt we owe to God, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. The second debt we owe to our fellow humans, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself, parents, strangers, children, the poor, sick, homeless, the pickers that we fed yesterday, to love each other as Jesus loves us. And third is the debt that we owe to ourselves, to our mind, body, soul. We are the temple of God and need to take care of ourselves in a way that brings glory to God. There's never not a time that we are not a debtor. We have run up a debt with God is so huge that all we can do is ask for forgiveness, seeing how that there's no other way that we would be able to pay it back. And just like we are completely dependent upon God for our physical needs, so we are dependent upon God to forgive this debt that we cannot pay. Do you see why this is termed the boldest prayer a human being can pray? Our Father in heaven, creator and judge, forgive us our debts. Forgive us the debts that we owe to our fellow humans, to ourselves. Forgive us the debts that we owe to you.
And how does Jesus respond to those in need of forgiveness? How did he respond? And how does he respond to us, to this huge debt that we owe? Have you ever noticed in the gospel how often Jesus forgives sin? It's the greatest gift that he can offer. There was a certain immoral woman who knelt at his feet, washed them with an expensive perfume, and then she dried them with her hair. Jesus defended her actions to the critics around her, and he said, your sins are forgiven. Four men came to where Jesus was preaching, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They went to the roof of the building, opened a hole in the roof, and lowered the mat on his lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. To him, Jesus said, My child, your sins are forgiven. I love that, my child. The Pharisees and teachers of religious law brought a woman to Jesus who had been caught in the act of adultery. They said to Jesus that the law demanded that she be stoned. What do you say? Eventually, Jesus said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And her accusers all slipped away. Not one condemned her, and neither did Jesus. He said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You know what I love about Jesus and the way he forgives? It's what I don't find in these scriptures, in these stories. There's no judgment. There's no condemning statements to shame them into following him. There's no shows of power to to intimidate people into accepting his way. They come just as they are, sometimes not even confessing wrongs, sometimes not even looking for forgiveness. They were looking for something else. But Jesus gives them his great gift. He offers them forgiveness. They're accepted totally as they are, immoral, sick, sinful, and they are not made to feel worthless or guilty. That's how Jesus responds to the sin in our life. He instructs us to ask our Father for forgiveness and then forgives us without judgment or condemnation. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Remember, we're coming to our Father, confessing our sins. Yes, our Father is God, the creator, all-knowing, all-powerful, but we get to approach him as children. We are not outsiders. We have been forgiven, and we are included in the family. Now we need to live in line with the values of God's kingdom. We fail to live out the values of our father and that that's where our sin comes in let's revisit the illustration of the little boy who was adopted into a family but continued to call his his new dad mr smith Um, as time goes by he looks around and he realizes that somehow he's different from this family that he's been adopted into he's accepted he's well loved well looked after cared for but he's somehow he's somehow different than than them His clothes are dirty. He wears them every day. He sits around the table and um, grabs for what he wants. But he he looks around and and nobody else is doing that, right? So so he apologizes. He sees this is not, not how they do it. And slowly he decides to change his ways. He puts on clean clothes. His table manners improve and he begins to respect other people's things. 
He likes the way his new family treats, treats each other so much and their love for one another that he chooses to accept their values and standards as his own. When we fail to live out the values of our Father, the one who has included us in his family, we sin and are in need of forgiveness. Confessing our sin is a part of our conversation with God. We confess without fear of condemnation, without fear of punishment. Our Father hears us and forgives us, and he will not hold to our account what is due, because it's the heart of our Father to be a forgiver. God's unfailing love towards us is as far, no, it's as great as the height of the heavens above the earth, and as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins from us. Gone. That's a pretty long distance. Now I can't imagine my banker doing that to my credit card debt. But rest assured that our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west. I love that picture. Jesus, the one who teaches us to pray, Father, forgive us our sins, is the one who has made it possible for us to be forgiven. When he died on the cross and took our debts with him, the boldest prayer we pray is answered by the one who teaches us to pray it. Jesus paid the debt that we owe and forgives us. There is no question of Jesus' response to us when we ask for forgiveness. So the question, how do we come to the Father with our sins and trespasses, our debt that we want canceled? First off, admit that you have sinned. Be specific. Don't hide anything. Come to God sincerely, honestly. To get to the specifics will require some time and effort and some knowledge from his word about what God wants from us. Ask forgiveness for being short-tempered, for being mean to your brother, or impatient with your neighbor, or that older person who is asking the question for the tenth time. Perhaps for um, judging your neighbor, or that exhausted mom with the busy toddler is too noisy. Perhaps watching that TV show or that X-rated video game that you want to play. I like the honesty of, of David in Psalms 51, and it's a prayer I often use, a prayer I often pray. He goes, have mercy on me, O God. Against you and you alone have I sinned. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. He says, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Make me willing to obey you. Forgiving, forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Number one, admit you have sinned. Secondly, ask God for forgiveness. As you pray to him, keep in mind that you are talking to our good Father and it's in his nature to forgive you. Next, keep your accounts short. It's like asking God for daily bread. Come to him daily with, with whatever's going on. Take a moment each day to pray the Lord's Prayer, paying extra attention to this part of the prayer, forgive us our sins. Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance as you reflect or think about the actions of your day. If there are times that you have failed to follow him, express sorrow and ask for forgiveness. Next, with confessions of sins comes repentance or a change of behavior. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to change and trust him for the, t the power to do so. As Jesus told the lady, 
Go and sin no more. And last, when, not if, you trespass, sin, or increase your debt, hear the voice of our good Father saying, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Don't be afraid to approach our Father. Come boldly and fearlessly. I'm amazed at our Father's plan of forgiveness and grace, that Jesus would teach us to ask forgiveness in our prayers and that he himself would provide the answer. Cancel our debts by paying with his own blood, with his own blood on the cross. I find myself filled with uh, gratitude and, and thankfulness for this amazing, amazing gift that I can come to my Father, confess my sins, be forgiven with no guilt and no condemnation. We already heard this psalm this morning, but let me read it again. Psalms 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has, has cleared of guilt, whose lives are completely lived in honesty. May you always be filled with the joy of sins forgiven. Music group.